if you were here last week, you remember we started a mini-series about the Holy Spirit. We're calling it Ghost Stories, okay? And the reason is, is because sometimes I think people get a little weirded out when we talk about the Holy Spirit, right? We don't really know what to think. Uh, and, and we talked about uh, kind of the Holy Spirit 101 last week, demystifying the Holy Spirit, okay? And we said that Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. We played Star Wars last week. If you weren't here, you missed it, all right? He's not the force, you know, you're not manipulating him. He's a person, okay? Uh, and then also we talked about that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into truth, into righteousness, and he helps us in our everyday lives. Producing, the third point was producing fruit in our lives. We see the fruit of the Spirit, right? You know, uh, all of the fruits of the Spirit, there's nine of them, and there's great, great things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I miss one, don't quote me on it. Uh, But he starts to do all of these things within us. Uh, But there's these four types of Christians we talked about last week too, right? If you remember, the first type of Christian is someone who ignores the Holy Spirit, okay? Somebody that's like, you know what, I, I, I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's weird or I've heard some weird stories and I'm just not a fan. Or maybe you've never heard about the Holy Spirit before. You've never been taught by, about the Holy Spirit or you're maybe a, a new Christian. And you don't know much about the Holy Spirit yet. Or number two, you could be somebody that maybe you'd say, man, I sometimes feel like I've maybe abused the Holy Spirit. Or you know somebody that you feel like is like, man, I feel like you've abused the Holy Spirit. And maybe there was a, a move of God in a church that happened one time. And, and there are some awesome things happening. But then how many of you know that we're humans and sometimes we take things in our own hands. And maybe the Spirit of God was moving and seeing miracles and awesome things happen. But then we kind of took it in our own hands and went too far. And, you know, this is not the Holy Spirit anymore. It's us. Maybe for attention or whether for recognition or whatever it might be, you might have seen some people that have taken the Holy Spirit out of context and taken it too far. But then also, I think a lot of us fall into this category, which is maybe you're just confused about the Holy Spirit, right? Like there's, you're not abusing the Holy Spirit, you're not ignoring the Holy Spirit, but you're just like, I hear different teachings on this. People think different things about the Holy Spirit. I just don't know what to believe anymore, right? And I find, I found myself in that category for a very, very long time. I think that's where most of us probably uh, have been in some point in our lives. But what I want you to be From last week's message until the end of the message today, what I believe that every single one of us have the opportunity to be is the fourth type of Christian, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. I believe that God wants you to be empowered by the Spirit of God. He doesn't want you to to be ignoring him, right? He doesn't want you to be abusing him. He doesn't want you to be confused about him. He wants you to be empowered by him to make a difference in your community, to make a difference in your family and in your life, and to see incredible miracles come about in your life. Amen? Do you want that today? Come on. I know that I certainly want it. And so uh, when I think about the Holy Spirit, though, I, I don't go to the book of Acts initially. You know, a lot of people think, you know, you start in Acts 1, and that's, you know, after the four Gospels, after Jesus has, has died and resurrected and comes back. And then, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that's where a lot of people start. But actually, I want to take it back a little bit farther to another guy, and his name is John the Baptist. All right? John the Baptist was a little bit of a weirdo, okay? Uh, it says in the Bible, he kind of like, he lived, he ate locusts, and, you know, he had like some weird clothes, and he kind of like lived out in the wilderness, and he was kind of a weird dude. Uh, but he was a prophet, okay? And it was his sole job in his life. He knew that this was his sole job in his life to tell about Jesus, to tell about the Messiah that was to come, okay? So he had his own disciples. He was baptizing them in water. And then we actually pick up right here with John the Baptist speaking in Matthew 3.11. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, talking about Jesus, whose sandals I am not worthy to even carry. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in what? Fire. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Now, when you see fire in the Bible, many, many times, more often than not, fire represents the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God moving, okay? So you see this in uh, when Moses is talking to the burning bush, right? And, and this Spirit of God is in this bush, and it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And, you know, Moses is, like, freaking out, and this, this voice comes from it and says, you know, it's a voice of God. And he says, hey, I need you to go to Egypt, go to Pharaoh, and get my people out of Egypt, okay? And then, you know, Moses does that. He goes and gets God's people out, and they say that there might have been anywhere from hundreds of thousands up to millions of Hebrews that he they got out of uh, Egypt, out of captivity and slavery. And then after that, they're going through the wilderness. They're walking through, right? And then what happens? God leads them in the day by a cloud, and at night he leads them by what? A pillar of fire, okay? And what is that? That's the spirit of God that was leading them through the, through the wilderness. And so anytime you see fire in the Bible, the first thing you normally you want to think is, okay, it's the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, right? So John the Baptist has these disciples. He's telling this Messiah to come. But then you think about Jesus, right? Jesus is alive during this time. Okay, they were born actually pretty close to each other. And then... I think of Jesus, you know, you have a story of him when he was like 12 years old, right? And, and his parents, his parents uh, they had a little bit of a, a mishap. They lost Jesus, okay? <laughs> they lost their son. The savior of the world, who is their son, they lost him. Have you ever lost your kid before? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out like that. I'm not going to call you out like that. But you know if you ever have before, he, say, he raised his hand anyway. He's like, yep. Uh, if you've ever lost your kid before, you know how that feels? It's like, oh, my gosh, where are they? You're running around, like, trying to find them. You know, you're at Six Flags, and there's, like, thousands of people. Not anymore, COVID. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these people, and you're trying to find them. You're freaking out. And then, you know, your, your kid is probably doing something. Have you ever had a kid that snuck out of the house before, and then you're trying to find them late at night? I never did that. Anyway. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair. Anyway. Uh, but, you know, normally your kid, what are they doing? They're at a friend's house or maybe they're sneaking into the closet eating all that Halloween candy that they said that you couldn't have or something like that, you know. No, Jesus is just chilling in the temple preaching to the rabbis that are three years older than him, telling them things that they didn't even know about the Bible, right? That's what Jesus is doing. Man, it's crazy. Man, I, I start to think about Jesus. I, you know, we see him as a young boy and then we see him when he's 30, right? That's when he starts his ministry. I like to think about Jesus as like an angsty 21-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, you ever thought about him that way? Like, you know, I, I was not really concerned with being the savior of the world when I was 21 years old. So, uh, but we know Jesus was a little concerned with those things. I was thinking like, where's the party at? You know what I'm saying? Like, where's my friends at? Where are we going? You know, what are we doing? And yet Jesus, we know, uh, that he knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God, right? He has this, this mentality. He knows his assignment, yet he waits till he's 30. But what I'm thinking is Jesus as a 21-year-old, I'm like, maybe he was like asking his mom, can I turn the water into wine now? Like, I've come of age. I can drink now, mom. Can I do it now? And Mary's like, stop that, Jesus. You know, quit turning the water into wine. And he's like, fine, mom, you know. Anyway, but um, <laughs> that's what I think. I like to imagine things like that. But Jesus waits till he's 30 years old. Imagine waiting till you're 30 to do the thing that you knew that you were born to do, right? Or imagine right now if God told you to do something and then he said, hey, I need you to wait 30 years to do it. You'd be like, oh my goodness. And yet that's what Jesus does. He waits until he meets John the Baptist, all right? John the Baptist is baptizing people 
And then he comes up and, and he sees Jesus from afar. And the first thing John the Baptist says is he says, behold, the Lamb of God, right? He knew exactly the second he saw him, he knew exactly who he was. He knew he was the Messiah. He had been preparing for this his entire life, right? And then Jesus says, you know, hey, I need to be baptized by you. And John's like, absolutely not. I will not be baptized by you. You need to baptize me. And Jesus is like, listen, this has to happen, okay? So he gets baptized by John the Baptist. And then he comes up, and then what happens? It says that the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. The Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove. And in that moment, Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. It says that he goes into the desert to be tempted. That's what the Bible says for the first time. It says, full of the Holy Spirit, he goes into the desert to be tempted. And then what happens after that? He comes back from this temptation by Satan, where Satan tempts him with all these things. And he's like, you know what? Okay, now I am full of that power. I'm ready to go. And so that's when you start to see all these incredible miracles. His mom is finally like, okay, you can turn the water into wine now, Jesus. We need your help. We're at a wedding. We need some wine. And he's like, I got this, mom. Okay, you know. So then he does it. And then he has all these other miracles where he starts blind eyes are open, right? And deaf ears can hear. People that are paralyzed start to get up off of their mats and start to walk. And then even goes as far as people that had died they end up coming back to life on multiple occasions after Jesus prays for them. Now, how many of you know uh, that's some pretty powerful stuff, right? That's, that's kind of some weird stuff. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus waited until he had permission from the Father and had the power of the Holy Spirit within him before he did any of the miraculous things that he did. Why? Because Jesus needed to model what it was like for somebody to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit for you and for me so that we could see that, hey, listen, we could do the same things. Jesus said that when he left, he said, listen, you will do even greater things than these. That's what Jesus said. And we're going to talk about those greater things in just a little bit. But he waits for the power of the Holy Spirit, does all these miracles. And we start to see this pattern where you have the authority, but then you get the power and then you go. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is that there's that authority, that assignment that Jesus had. Then he gets the power and then he sends himself out by the Father's authority, right? And so the disciples do the same thing. And let me show you. I'll show you right here. Acts 1, 4 through 8. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples after he uh, has been dead, buried, and resurrected. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. So we know the Holy Spirit is a gift. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Here it is. But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power to be my witnesses, right? So Jesus gives his disciples the authority earlier when he gives them the great commission, right? What does he say? He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. But there's a little phrase right before that that I want you to get. Right before that, he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore, go, I have the authority, and now I'm giving you that authority. Now you need to go. But, but, but before you go, make sure you wait in Jerusalem to get the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and then you can go. So there's that authority, that assignment. They are believers, right? They believe in Jesus. They have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. But then he says, listen, there's more. There's a baptism of fire. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that you need if you're going to be an effective witness. But then after that, he says in Acts 2, or in, in Acts 2 we see, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this story we see after Jesus leaves, right? So we know that, that Jesus was resurrected from the dead and he walks around for about 40 days and is hanging out with his disciples and giving them some final commands, okay? And so we talked about this last week, but Jesus said that there is something better than him even being there with you, right? What did he say? It's better that I leave and that the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because Jesus knows, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm in the flesh right now. I'm just a man. You know, I can only be around so many of you at one time, but it's better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to have this power. And how many of you know that if Jesus says that there's something better than him being right next to you, you should probably listen up, but you should probably want that thing, right? So what did the disciples do? They stayed there and they did exactly what Jesus said. They were praying together. Let's say, you know, there was 120 of them in there, right? So that's how many we know. There was the disciples and then some more people that were, they were learning from the disciples that were there in that building. You know, there's probably about 90 of us in here right now. So it would be about a room, maybe about this big, I would assume, that they were in. And they were seeking after God. They were praying. They were asking God for this gift of the Holy Spirit, for this gift that he had promised, this, this power. And they're like, man, Jesus has, has gone back to heaven, and we're just waiting for this now, and we're excited to get our ministry started. But he's saying, no, no, wait until you have this power. So what happens? Let's say in this room that we, the walls just like started to rattle and shake, you know, and then, and then you see this like wind and this sound and this wind starts coming in here and swirling around and somebody's like, who turned the AC on? It's like, ah, I didn't touch it. You know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, this is it. This is what we had been waiting for. And, and so then they, they start speaking these other languages that they had never heard before. And it's crazy because it made such a ruckus that they started to go outside and the people started gathering from all around. Okay. Jerusalem if you know anything about Jerusalem, especially at that time, it was kind of a Mecca for many, many peoples of many, many nations, all right? And so there's people that spoke all different kinds of languages. It would be like a New York City kind of a deal. When you go to New York City or you go to L.A. or something like that, you know, you always see people that are speaking multiple different languages just up and down the street. You know, you hear English probably one out of every four people. You know, it's, it's, it was very much like that. So they're going out outside, and they're starting to speak these other languages. The Holy Spirit is just giving it to them, and they don't know what they're saying. But all these people are like, man, they're speaking my language. Like, aren't you from here? Like, you don't know how to speak my language. That doesn't make sense. And then they're speaking a language from Asia and from Persia and then from Egypt and then from this and other place. And they're like, oh, man, this is crazy. They're prophesying, and they're talking about the goodness of God and how God is amazing and all this stuff. The disciples had no idea what's going on, so much so that the people say in verse 13, it says in Acts 2, verse 13, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. <laughs> I love that verse. They thought they were drunk. They thought they were so drunk because they were just full of the Holy Spirit. They were so excited and they were speaking all these languages and everything. And they're like, what in the world is going on with these people? But then I love this. Peter, the rock, come on now, he stands up and he says, he gets in front of all these people and he says, no, it's not wine that we're drunk off of. It's 9 a.m. 
This is my favorite. I love this passage. He's like, it's 9 a.m. Listen, we're not day drinking, guys. This is, what, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied about in the Old Testament when God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have visions. And God is saying, today, this is what was promised. It's being fulfilled right now in your presence. And Peter gets up and says, you know what? That Jesus that all of you Jews here, that Jesus that you persecuted, the Jesus that you crucified up on the cross, this is what he promised would happen, that the Holy Spirit would come. And now he's here. And then, bam, he started preaching and started preaching to preach the best message that anybody has ever preached in the history of preachers, right? He was getting up and over 3,000 people got saved in that one message. Isn't that incredible? Wow. And I want to tell you today that you and I are no different. You are no different than the disciples were that day. No different than Jesus. When you receive Christ, you're given the authority of Christ, okay? You have the assignment to go tell people about him, but yet you also need a baptism of fire, a baptism of power, to be an effective witness, just like Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like the disciples needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you also need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and to illustrate here, uh, I have my wonderful father that's going to come up, and he's going to help me with this illustration. Uh, I have, let me see here, I have a drill, and dad, you're going to have to get this for me. Oh, (laughs) powerful. We got this drill. Can you table all right and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna explain to you a little bit of what it seems like when we don't have the baptism of the holy spirit versus when we do all right so come on over be right here dad i'm gonna let you have the drill is that cool Uh, and i'm gonna race you i'm gonna race you i have my screwdriver we're gonna race dad okay what i want you to do is i want you to drill those in as quickly as you can Okay, and then I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do this as quickly as I can, and we're gonna see who does it faster. How many of you think that I'm gonna win? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, all right, ready? One, you believe? One, two, three, go! Come on, come on! No, no, no! You better pray harder. That's not fair. Hold on. I'm going to get one. Oh, wait, he stripped it. Did he strip it? No. Oh, I'm going to get one. Uh. Oh, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> he dropped the drill. He dropped it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I see. Okay. Here's the deal, guys. I, I, I tried my best, right? I really, really did. Uh, that was pretty difficult. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to be up here sweating now trying to preach the rest of this. Okay. Hey, give it up for my dad, guys. Give it up. Give it up. Thank you, Larry. Listen, here's the illustration, guys. I could have done that on my own just fine. I could still be over there trying to screw those things in on my own. I did one in the time that my dad did three, and honestly, he was just kind of messing with me a little bit. So here's the deal. You need the power. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Can you be a witness to people without the power and the electricity of the Holy Spirit flowing through you? Yes, you can. Do you want to be more effective in your ministry? Do you want to be more effective in telling people about Jesus? Do you want a boldness to be able to tell somebody about what God has done in your life? Then you need the power of the Holy Spirit. He said you shall receive power. Power. We're not meant to do life in our own strength. 
You need the Holy Spirit the same way that Jesus wanted the Holy Spirit, the same way the disciples wanted the Holy Spirit. Man, we should want the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you my story about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it's a very discouraging one, I'll be honest. I found Jesus when I was seven years old, and I got saved at a, at a camp, and I was lucky enough to grow up in a Christian household and Christian school and all that stuff, and not many people are as lucky as me, I feel like, in that regard, but I, I knew a lot about the Lord growing up, okay? And so when I was about 14 years old, I never really heard a message about the Holy Spirit before. At my church, we didn't really talk about it too much. And so I was kind of in the ignore Holy Spirit category for that part of my life. I just didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And yet I started reading my Bible. So I'm getting a little bit older. I'm starting to be like, okay, I'm going to read through this. And I saw the book of Acts and I saw this power that they had. And the disciples, after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they started going out and doing all the same things that Jesus did. It was incredible. I'm like, man, I want that. That's awesome. So I started praying. I was 14 maybe seventh or eighth grade or something like that, and I was out on the playground, all right, at my Christian private school, out on the playground, just praying, worshiping the Lord, normal 14-year-old stuff, right? And so, um, uh, I, I know, and uh, so I was just worshiping, literally I had my hands up, and I was just by myself, and I was like, God, I want more of you, I want more of you, I want to be baptized in your spirit, I don't know what this looks like, God, but I just want more of you, I want more of you, Jesus, and then I started to, uh, to feel this, this I can't even describe it, y'all. I just had this, this warmth inside of me, and I felt like that there was just something that was within me that I had never felt before, and I felt such a joy and such a peace in my life. And then there was some like, kind of like heavy feeling on me where I just felt like I just had to be on the ground. And so I just fell over straight there on the ground. I don't know if you've ever seen that happen before, but I, by myself as a 14-year-old, I fell over straight on the ground on the little wood chips. You know what I mean? Like I'm just in the, I'm in the playscape by myself. I fell down on the ground and I started to speak in some language that I had never heard before. And I didn't know what it was like. I had never been taught about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I had never seen anybody speak in tongues really before, I don't think, in my whole life. I had no idea what it was. Same way that these disciples, you think they had any clue what in the world was going to happen to them? No, they didn't know. They just knew that they were praying for more of God. That's all they knew. So then the 30 minutes probably went by, I think, and then... Uh, some people came and found me outside, and they brought me into the nurse's office. They thought that something was wrong. They thought I was sick. You know, they're like, oh, what's wrong with this kid? He's on the ground in the playground. Like, we got to call an ambulance or whatever. And then they were, I was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And, and they were like, no, like, what's going on? And then so then they turned, like, the good Christian people that we are, they're like, it's a demonic attack, you know? And I'm like, no, it's God. Like, it's God. I'm just like, I'm trying to explain it. I'm like, it's God. Like, I'm in this daze almost. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. And so I was trying to explain to them, like, this is God that's, that's moving on my heart right now. It's okay, it's fine. But the adults, you know, they were just trying to make sure I was okay. They didn't get it. And then a couple of weeks later, we were in service, and I was trying to, you know, step out in faith a little bit. And, and, and I had just been recently baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I had this zeal about me, you know. I had this, like, this gumption. I was, like, about to go help people and, and, and get people saved, you know. And, and I'm this little kid, you know. And I started speaking in tongues during service just kind of to myself. But I was, you know, just speaking this language that I had never heard before. I didn't know what it was, you know. And then I overheard a lady tell my mom, oh, this is heartbreaking. I overheard a lady tell my mom, she said, he's, I don't think he's faking it, honey. Like he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's trying, but that's not real. And then from that day on, 
I was in the ignore the Holy Spirit category for another few years. And I completely just threw it out the window. Everything that had happened to me, everything that I was feeling, just ignored it, right? And I want you to know today that no matter what your experience has been with the Holy Spirit in the past, no matter what your experience has been in church before pertaining to the Holy Spirit, no matter what people have taught you about the Holy Spirit, no matter the experiences that you've had, do not let your experiences dictate your belief ever. Don't let your experiences determine who God is and who he is not. Listen, God has revealed who he is through his word, and he has given us his word to guide us and direct us and lead us. Listen, if you pray for somebody that has cancer and they don't get healed, listen, does that change the fact that God is a healer? No, it doesn't. God still wants to heal. He still wants to help. Listen, if, you, uh, if you're going about your life and, and you feel like that you have a word for somebody and, and, and you give this word and they're like, listen, I don't know if that really means anything to me. And you're trying to practice your faith and you're trying to learn more about the Holy Spirit. You're trying to prophesy or something like that. And they're like, listen, I don't know if this is it or whatever. Listen, that's fine. Just keep seeking after God because it's not about the gifts, man. It's not about speaking in tongues. It's not about like the weird stuff. It's about the giver. It's about the giver of the gift. That is the point. We're not supposed to be like seeking after these gifts and these like weird things. Listen, we're just seeking after God and whatever happens, happens, right? That's what I wish that we would so many times do. But a lot of times we make it about that stuff and then we see somebody that abuses the Holy Spirit, right? We've all heard of stories about this before and then it just pushes us away. We're like, I don't want to deal with that because it's too weird, right? I don't understand it. But how many of you know that there are things that are called mysteries of God, right? We can't put God in our mental, you know, capacity in a box that we have. We don't understand the, the, the mightiness and the glory of the God that created the universe. And if we think that we do, then we're wrong. Listen, but God has told us that there is power that comes with the Holy Spirit. And so don't let your bad experience ever dictate your belief in what God has said. It's about the giver, not the gifts. Listen, I just know ultimately Ultimately, if I'm being real with you guys, this is kind of a vulnerable message, okay? Because I know people think a lot of different things about this, all right? But I'm just trying to be vulnerable with you guys and let you know where I'm at. I just want the Holy Spirit in my life. If Jesus wanted it, I want it. If the disciples wanted it, I want it, okay? And, and I think that we all should want it because why? I want the power to see miracles happen in my life, man. I want to see some things that Jesus did happen in my life, and I already have. Like I've, I've told you guys multiple times, and I, I have these testimonies where I went to Whataburger at 4 in the morning and prayed for the kid with the cast. Listen, that is God that did that. I, you think I did that? No, that was the Holy Spirit that woke me up. Listen, the word radical, right? We know that came from God. That came from that lady, Didi, who was listening to the Holy Spirit. And she knew that she was supposed to come over to me and pray the word radical over me. And she had no idea that I had been praying that word two days before that. She had no idea. What was that? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to her. And she was just listening and exercising her faith, man. That's all it is. I want the power to see those miracles. I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Anybody want some more love, some joy, some peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in their life? I want some more of that in my life, right? Amen? I want to be a better father. You want to be a better mother? You want to be a better daughter? You want to be a better son? You want to be a better employer, employee, a student, girlfriend, boyfriend? Whatever it is that you want to be better here today, I can promise you that the Holy Spirit can help you be better at all of these things. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God inside of you that's going to be doing it. It's not by your own power. It's not a little screwdriver anymore. You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
Man. <clears throat> how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That's like the big question, right? Like, how do I do this? Because you can talk about it all day long. And, and my experience is different than other people's experiences. And I'm not saying that every experience has to be exactly the same. But I'm going to answer this question for you real quick. And we're going to do it real fast. And then we're going to pray. Can I get the band to come up? Come on, guys. Then we're going to worship. Is that good? We're going to worship together. And we're going to pray at the end of this. If you want this power and you want this authority and you want more of God, we're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And I know about 80% of you just were like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, it's not weird. It's God. All right? I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that I do without the Holy Spirit in my life. I can tell you that right now. I need him. Jesus did. The disciples did. I do too. How do I receive him? Luke 11, 5 through 13. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I don't have food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wow, what an incredible story. This story is, is, is awesome. I love it because it's basically saying, okay, I, let's say I have a friend that comes in town late at night, 1 a.m. or something like that, and then I go to my buddy next door, and I'm like, listen, I got no food. I, we didn't go to H-E-B today. Can you give me just like some basic stuff, like some bread and some like cheese or whatever? You know, I just got to feed this guy, you know? And he's like, no, go away, man. Like, like, no, I'm not getting up. Like, everybody's in bed. Just get out of here. And I'm like, no, listen, like, I really, really need uh, some bread. I need some food for this guy. He's going to get up and give it to me, not because of the friendship that we have, not because uh, of anything else other than the fact that I'm just standing there and knocking. I'm standing there and knocking. And then it says, if your son asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? He's like, no, you would never do that. I said, what father would never feed their kid when they're hungry? Like, if you have a two-year-old like I do, listen, they'll let you know when they're hungry, right? Come on now. If you ever had kids, you know what I'm talking about. When they get a little bit older, when they're like 10 or 11, then you get to like the really, really, I guess maybe even earlier than that, they get to the whiny phase, right? They're hungry and like, I just want the food. You're like, we have leftovers in the fridge. You're like, I don't want that food, <laughs> you know? I don't want that one. I want the good. I want McDonald's. And you're like, no, we're not going to McDonald's. You know, so anyway, that was actually a conversation between me and my wife yesterday. So I was crying. and I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want McDonald's. And she's like, no, Trevor. And what father wouldn't feed his kid when he's hungry? So are you hungry today? Are you hungry for the Holy Spirit? Are you hungry for more of God? That's the question. In that place that they were in, there was 120 of them, okay? 
Did it say that Peter received the Holy Spirit? No. It didn't say that the disciples received the Holy Spirit. It didn't say that 50 of them received the Holy Spirit, that 80 of them, 100. It didn't even say that 119 of them received the Holy Spirit. What does it say? It says that 120 out of 120 of them received the Holy Spirit. All of them received the Holy Spirit. Every single one of them that asked received, because if you would just ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's not a matter of praying for 40 years to try to receive this gift from the Holy Spirit. No, God wants to give you this gift. It's a gift. How do you give a gift to your kid at Christmas, right? You give them the gift and your son or daughter, they know that what's inside is something that they want. They know that it's good. It's a good thing what's inside. And when you open it, you open it joyfully and you know that it's good. It's not some trickery or whatever that the Lord's trying to play on you. Listen, he wants to give you this gift. And I don't know what you think about it today. I don't know what you've been taught before. I don't know if you had an experience like I did where I was discouraged from going after the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you grew up Catholic or Baptist or like Methodist, or maybe you grew up Pentecostal or non-denom like I did or, or anything else. I don't know what your story is, but I do know that if you would just ask for more of God today and this moment, he wants to pour his spirit out on you today, amen? He wants to give you the spirit of God to empower you, to be a better father, a better husband, wife, daughter, whatever it is, and to be a better witness for Jesus. So if you wanna be bold for Jesus, then this is what you need. I want everybody to stand. If you don't, if you don't wanna be a witness for Jesus, okay? Or if you don't necessarily, you're like, I don't, I don't need the extra power or whatever like that. Like I don't, you know, I don't necessarily need miracles in my life, whatever. Then you don't need the Holy Spirit, okay? You don't need him. Because what is he for? It's to be a more effective witness, to have the power and the authority. But man, I want more of God. And I hope that you want more of God too. I wanna pray and when somebody has cancer and they come into this room, I wanna pray over them and they be healed in the name of Jesus. Why not? We speak to cancer and we say, be gone in the name of Jesus. We speak to sicknesses and we say, by his stripes, we are healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus, man. When I walk around and I see somebody, I want to have a word for them that the Lord wants to speak over them. The same way that the word radical was spoken over me, I want to come to somebody and say, hey, listen, listen, I know that you've been dealing with something in your life and God wants to deal with that with you right now. And, and this, this issue that's going on in your life, I just want you to know that he sees it. He sees you. And I didn't know anything about this before, but the Holy Spirit is telling me that this is what you're dealing with right now. And I want you to be able to, to know that God is here. Let's pray together, man. And that'd be a word from God for that person that they know that God is speaking. They know that God is real. They know that God is alive and that he wants a relationship with them the same way he wants a relationship with you. The same way that I got woken up at four in the morning to go to a kid at Whataburger that had a cast on his leg that I was supposed to pray for him. Listen, do you want the same power? Do you want the same stuff to happen to you? It might be a little bit weird sometimes, but listen, we can't put God in a box. He is so much bigger than what we understand, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus needed it. The disciples needed it. We need it. So if you want the Holy Spirit today, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're bold enough to say, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to see these things happen in my life. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, can we give him praise right now? God, we just worship you. We lift you up. We thank you, Jesus, God, that we ask for more of you today. We ask for more of you today. Listen, what I'm going to ask you to do, I need Michelle and Jeff to come up to the front. I want one of you on each side. Jeff, can you go over there? Michelle, can you come over here? Listen, if you're bold enough to say, I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen with you. You might have a, an experience like I did where you, you speak in some unknown language. It's called the gift of tongues. But listen, it's not weird, dude. Like, don't think about the gift. Just think about, I want more of God. You might not have that experience, okay? You might just have an experience of joy. It says that they prophesied it. They were rejoicing in the name of the, name of the Lord, right? If you feel that joy of the Lord welling up inside of you and that's what you want and that's what you feel, then listen, I just want you to receive it in faith. The same way that you receive everything else in faith. You receive Jesus in faith, right? You receive everything else in your spiritual walk in faith and so we're going to receive it in faith today if you want to be baptized in the holy spirit these people know what they're praying for right here and they want to lay their hands on you we're going to do the best we can if you don't want to get prayed for from there then you can just raise your hand okay but listen i want you to come up here and be bold and say i want the gift and the power of the holy spirit so if you want that in your life i want you to come up to the front right now i want you to come up to the front if you're bold enough to say i need that i want it i want more of god today come up to the front right now give him give him a hand clap guys come on come on do your best i mean i, I get it do your best to distance or whatever listen at the end of the day man this is going to be a powerful moment in your life you'll never forget i want you to start praying and say god i want more of you that's all you have to do I want more of your spirit. I want more of you, God. Baptize me in your power and your authority. I need more of you. We're going to worship together. Come on. Let's worship together. Let's pray together. I'm going to come down and pray for you too. Come on. Lift up the name of Jesus today. Lift him up. Lift him up.